Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Triplett, and welcome to Hammer and Grind, a podcast built for contractors. Real contractors, true stories, real solutions. If this is your first time here, do us a favor and leave us a review. Share it with another contractor. Join us on our free Facebook group where you can interact with other like-minded contractors. It's called the Contractor Profit Group. There's lots of great conversations happening there. Or if you're tired of being sick and tired, missing kids' events and working all the time, check out our paid coaching group called the Profit Club. You can level up your business there. We got weekly coaching calls, training webinars, monthly industry experts, all kinds of things going on in the Profit Club to create more profit for your business. On this episode, we're going to be talking about changing the image of construction. I think this is an important thing going on. Eric, what's your thoughts? Well, is it changing the bad image or changing the good image? There's two images. Sure, there's always, I mean, there's multiple images, anything, right? We're talking about the shitty image. Well, why why would we want to change the good image? Well, could we enhance it? I mean, sure. Yeah. So no, what, I mean, what's, there, we're talking about the we're talking about the bad image of construction. Of course, of course. Uh, but I just I just want to let people know. I mean, there is a good there's a good side of construction and contracting, and I think it's I'm going to bring a little twist to the whole conversation about good being bad, but is it really being bad? But ultimately, there's a lot of jackasses out there that bring down the good guys, create a poor image. Um, you know, contractors never get back to you on time. They're jackasses. They leave the place a mess. I mean, that's, I need some work. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's lots of reasons why people would have a bad image, uh, think, you know, have a, a bad taste in their mouth because of a, of a contractor construction business. I'm sure we've all heard it. You know, we've, we've all went out to a job and the, and the homeowner's like, I've hired X and you know X company in the past and had a terrible experience. Or I've talked to three other contractors. You're the only one that's you know called me back. Or you know we've all heard those things. So this is not just an isolated incident. I mean this is this is industry wide. I can see that for sure. I mean it's it's definitely prevalent because a lot of contractors are just winging it. You know they quit their day job. They think they're badass carpenter or whatever, and then they go out and they don't know anything about business and they start running things and then they figure out that it's a lot harder than it is and they get overburdened. But, you know, the funny thing is, Brad, is like a lot of those craftsmen, they're really good carpenters and, and it could be carpenter, electrician, pond builder, handyman, I don't care, but that the craftsmen can be like so good at their craft, but they're so horrible at business. And I think one of the first pitfalls is they don't charge enough so what happens is they get a lot of work, like their phone's ringing off the hook. They can't handle the call load. And then they just stop answering phone calls and then they get overloaded. And then they, that's, that starts the downfall of their image. Well, a lot of them have that false sense of success. Like you said, they start out, they're, you know, they're charging 40% less than everyone else in the city. 
And so their phone's ringing off the hook, right? And then it's like, man, look at me. I'm successful. This, this whole business Everybody thing is easy. Me. Everybody needs me. Everybody talking about how hard it is. I mean, this is easy. My phone's ringing off the hook. And then, you know, a year later when you're in debt because you haven't actually made any money at it, then, <laughs> then the reality strikes. But Well, the funny thing dude, is when, I, they, when they have to pay taxes the first time and they go, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I was supposed to reserve that money? I don't, I don't even have it. Yeah. What do you mean I got to pay $20,000 in taxes? Yeah. I remember the first time, like, I don't know, the first year in business and, or maybe the second year, but my, my P&L said that, you know, you, you made, uh, you know, whatever, $15,000 profit in your business. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't have that in my bank. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't have 15000 That's horrible. It's even worse you know when, it's, when it says 80000 You're like, I don't have eighty grand in the bank. What the hell? Where's that money? What the hell? Don't say that. <laughs> what, what the hell? Don't say that. What the hell? I don't know what that's from. You'll have to enlighten me later. Uh, it's, a, it's a TikTok meme. Come on. TikTok. Speaking of TikToks, I think you've been hitting the TikTok hard this week, huh? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call that hard. I've just been playing around. Yeah, we, we actually have a TikTok channel. Lots of great stuff happening there. If the podcasts aren't enough, jump on TikTok and follow us, Hammer and Grind Podcast. Um, we're putting out quick little bits of information and tips there to try to help contractors. Listen, this, this is part of the, the whole the movement of the Hammer and Grind Podcast and what we're doing here is because we want to change the image of construction. Like this, this is like a staple... A podcast for what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to help contractors, one, make more profits, and two, just be better businessmen altogether and, and, and better in life in general, right? The journey to self-mastery. So I think there's a lot of things that we can talk about on this podcast. And I'm curious, Eric, what you think we uh, should focus on first? I mean, this particular episode of Changing the Image of Construction Industry, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's tricky because, listen, that false sense of success, bro, listen, you're, you know, these guys might be making 1000 or 1200 a week, right? And then suddenly they sell, they go out on their own, they sell a $10,000, $15,000 job, and they just feel like a baller, right? And then they're, they're trying to put the pieces together, and then suddenly they're driving a nice vehicle, and they're, you know, taking their family out on vacation, and they're like, they're like making up for lost time, like they didn't make enough money in the past, and now they're making it. Here's the tricky part, Brad, is they they put out this false image of success to their peers, in not only their friends and family, but their construction peers as well. Like, oh my God, that guy's balling, that guy's kicking ass. But the real truth is he's not, you know, it's just like all that fake Instagram stuff, you know, it's like people only show their, their good side. But so it's, it's, there's this weird dichotomy of like the contractor who really is doing freaking horrible looks like a total baller to some other people. So the image on one side is like, wow, I want to be a contractor. I could drive a Raptor. But on the other side, he's not getting back to his customers. He's not paying his taxes. His vendors are chasing him for money. You know, it's like, it's this weird dichotomy of good and evil. Dude, we have a local contractor here, and I'm not going to say what industry or, or who he is. But he had, from the outside looking in, what appeared to be a very successful business. I mean, multiple guys, I don't know how many, five, six, seven guys working for him. 
branded, you know, it was a branded company, had a crap ton of reviews, like over 500 something reviews. I mean, we've talked, I've talked about it before where he would pay, you know, he would pay customers, basically give them a discount if they left a review, which is a strategy that works because he got, like I said, like over 500 reviews. So if you search for that, that trade and you, he'll, he's the most reviewed company in town, no doubts. He's been doing this for, I don't know, five, six, seven years. Well, this past year, he goes to a bar, gets drunk, gets an argument, does some stupid stuff, gets arrested, gets tested. He's got drugs in his system and he's the owner of the business. Like, this is what, this is kind of the image of what we're talking about. A lot of these contractors are, you know, we've talked about before, have drug problems or alcohol problems or whatever. And then here they are out here, you know, he had what appeared to be a great business making lots of money. And then he goes and does something stupid, like gets arrested and and has some charges brought up against him. Yeah, I mean, that's, is that the image of the business? Well, that's the good side. He looks like a baller, but then really maybe inside well, he had some turmoil, right? With, without, without giving away who it is, the industry that he's in is well known for having drug problems. The trade, the trade that he's in. Well, I'll have to Google that, but I imagine all the construction. I mean, bro, we've already had the, the podcast of like mental health being a problem in the industry and suicide and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's a tough business. I mean, this is no surprise. That's, that's one of the reasons why we're pushing so hard to help change the industry, help contractors make more money, help people get back to their families and like regain control of their lives, right? So that, that's part of the image. So there's, there's, let's get back to image. I don't know what industry you're talking about if we need to dig into that. but No, I don't, I'm trying to be vague as possible because I don't want to... I get it. I get it. But look, there's also the image, okay, the vendors are mad because they're not getting paid on time. Your con- you know, the, they're not getting their phone calls on time. That's a problem. But you know, their, their peers in the business think that they're doing well. But what about the wives? Like, hey, my husband hasn't been home. He's missing all the games. And then she's telling her friends. So that's a different image even yet, right? like that personal image of the, of their friends and stuff. Like he's never home. He cheated on me, da, 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 like whatever, like, right. It, like there's, there's like three different images happening right here. It can be crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, if you bring in your personal lives into it as well, I mean that, and that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is that your personal life does intertwine with your business. This other contractor was on his personal time, hanging out with his wife after hours and it caught up to him, and now it stained his business name, right? So I, I think, I don't know exactly how to put it into words. I don't think people take their the image of their business and the image of the industry serious enough. And maybe I take it too serious, I don't know. But I just, I feel like there needs to be more awareness brought about this. And that's kind of the purpose of this podcast. Well, I, I mean, I don't know that what we're going to say tonight is going to fix anything, but I, I, I want to defend myself and I want to defend other good contractors that, that do struggle at some points. I remember uh, it's been about probably over 25 years ago, I was growing a service business and I remember like hitting a wall and, and I could literally go back in time over the past 25 years and see these different points of my career and my business. 
I like to think I'm a good guy. I don't have any drug problems. I'm not hanging out the bars, crashing cars, getting DUIs. I mean, I'm, that's not what's happening, right? But there are times when I hit this threshold where I can't handle anymore and I, I'll miss some phone calls. I'll miss an appointment. I'll call up and go, oh crap, I'm really sorry. You probably think I'm a terrible contractor and I don't want your business. You know, I have to get into this phone call with the people and accusation audit or whatever you want to call it. But like, there's these times in my business where I've hit walls and had to like reestablish systems, hire people to fix things. But I remember what I was going to tell you 25 years ago, I remember I was younger and I was talking to a different service guy in a, in a different industry. He, he did auto detailing, high-end auto deal, detailing. And I was doing high-end aquariums for doctors and lawyers and all this stuff. And we, we ran into each other because we had the same clientele. And he told me very clearly, I remember this very well. He's like, listen, if you hit this wall and you can't get to your people in a certain amount of time, it, it will affect you. People are not going to call you anymore because if they're referring you to people and you can't get to people on time and service them correctly, then they're going to stop referring you and it will affect your business. So you have to be really careful in these particular points in your business. And I can really look back and like, you know, this has happened to me five, six, seven times in my career where I hit a wall, I start missing calls and I have to make an adjustment. So there are times in people's careers where they are good contractors, the image could go sideways if you don't make the correction quickly. A hundred percent, man. I agree with that hundred percent. I'm not really talking about people in different seasons of their business or life. You know, we all go through different seasons, ups and downs. I mean, literally right now, I'm dealing with what you just talked about. I, I'm, I'm struggling to keep up with the amount of calls that I've gotten because I lost my office manager and trying to replace him. So I'm literally dealing with that right this exact moment. And it's, it, it stresses me out because I, I want to be able to take the calls and I want to be able to provide great service. And sometimes it's extremely difficult to do that if you know you have more calls than what you can get back to. And unfortunately, people do fall through the cracks. And I've had a couple texts in the past month or so where customers have texted me and they're like, hey, I'm really disappointed in you because I've heard great things about your business and you know no one ever got back with me. Like literally. And so that's like driving a knife in my heart when people say that, you know what I mean? But I'm also recognizing that I'm, I can only do so much, right? Like there is a limit of what's possible and I'm not making excuses, but I'm just saying that I'm in this too. I'm dealing with this too. So hundred percent agree with you that, you know, there's different seasons of your business that you're going to have to struggle with that. And that's not really what I'm talking about in this podcast, I'm not talking about good contractors that are just in a moment of a season where their business is struggling. I'm talking about the ones that, you know, that just really have no clue. And, and some of this, Eric, might just be, they don't even know that they actually have a bad image. Just pure ignorance. Well, well that's, that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to say is because here's the thing. When it gets difficult and when it gets hard, you have to grind it out and make an adjustment and make the correction. But some contractors, maybe they're going smooth for a while. They get in that tough spot and they don't grind it out and they don't make the correction and then they just go downhill from there. And that's why so many contracting businesses fail, right? You have to be able to persevere. You have to have grit. You have to get through that. But what I want to say is some contractors listening to this podcast are good guys, good girls. They're, they're good contractors, but they're going to face this stuff 
And if they're, if they're not prepared for it, you know, maybe they've never even come across what we've talked about yet. Now that'll never happen to me, but it will at some point it does. When your brand becomes so strong and so good and you're so desirable and you are making money, then the phone's going to ring and you will hit a threshold where you have, where you struggle and you have to be able to, to, to find the perseverance and the, the strength to, to get to that next level. That's just sometimes how it is. So, but there, there are terrible contractors that make the good ones look bad. So it's, it's, uh, again, trying to find the dichotomy. Well, a lot, there's a lot of education that has to go in this. You know, we, we've, you and I have both seen contractors and other groups where, you know, they post on there, I got this terrible customer. You know, I started the project today and they're already asking me all these questions of like, you know, how long is this project going to take? And, you know, when are you going to be done with the drywall? And when's this going to be done? And they're asking all these questions. They're just being complete pains in the ass. And I just want to get rid of them. Like, you know, and they're just asking, looking for sympathy. And so, and everybody's response is, yeah, they're just a pain in the butt. And, you know, get rid of them. And they're, it's terrible advice that's being passed around, right? And it's, it's, it's usually the contractor's fault that this stuff happens to begin with. But there needs to be some education that goes on within the contracting community, which is what we're trying to do. But more, more so, bring awareness to things. And one of the things I want to talk about is I feel like a lot of contractors believe that quality is what matters, which is important. Don't get me wrong here. That they feel like the quality is what matters and their, their company image is not that important. And that's not necessarily true. Your company image is important. It does affect you and your business as well as the industry wide. An image doesn't mean which car you're driving, which truck, is it the Raptor, it does, what color though. it is. Well, I mean, it does, but these some guys they think that that's all that matters. They might have no, that I mean, good if, front. If you, drive, if you roll up in a truck that's rusted out, well, sure. You know, no muffler on it, and you can hear it half a block down the street. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like the con- that contractor driving that truck, he might be the best carpenter on earth, right? And his his quality speaks for himself. His reputation of the work that he provides is excellent, and so that that brings in business. But his image of the truck that he's driving is a negative impact on the industry wide. Well, see, this this is where it gets dicey, Brad. Because maybe that guy you're talking about gets all his phone calls done on time, does all his invoicing perfectly. He doesn't go to the bars and get DUIs and get caught and go arrested and get drugged. Maybe this guy's perfect. Maybe he has just enough business. If his truck was nicer, he would get more business and he would run into trouble and he wouldn't be able to get to everybody. That's that business, right? So that there's that image. But the image I was talking about is... You know, he's got the Raptor, he's all perfect, you know, but then he doesn't call his people back on time and that becomes a poor image. So th- this is where that tug of war comes in. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you can look at it from both directions, right? I don't have like the perfect formula of like, you're supposed to drive this mod, you know, this year model of vehicle and you're supposed to have this type of wrap on it and all these things. And that's not what I'm talking about. But there, there is a level of, you do need to have a somewhat of a nice looking vehicle. Like that's important, not only for, don't get me wrong here. You don't start your business because you want to, you want the, everybody in the industry to look good. Like that's not the purpose of why we do this. Right. But if we blow that off, like it's not a big deal, 
and everybody else blows it off. Like, and I see other contractors driving piece of crap trucks and treating their treating their customers like crap. It it bothers me. Like, it seriously bothers me. Like, I want to go up and say something to them. I have to bite my tongue all the time, Eric. Can you believe that? No, can't believe it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> okay, listen. I'm gonna go somewhere you probably didn't think I would go, but I'm not gonna go, go there yet. First, you I don't want have to, to van- you don't have to vanguard it. Just go. I just want to go back to something you said earlier. Before I go where I'm going to take you, um, it'll probably just piss you off too anyways. But anyways, the thing you said is like a lot of contractors have a shitty image and they screw everything up, but they have no idea. It's like, you know, on American Idol and the person comes up and they're singing and it's just like you're holding your eardrums. And, and you know, Simon's like, that was the worst performance ever. You should just stop singing and never do this again. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm amazing. Yeah, you suck. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm the best singer ever. Yeah, I mean, but and they're serious. That's what's that's what's. Uh, I know. So that, I mean, that's what I'm talking. Those are the contractors I'm talking about. Yeah, there are contractors like that out there. Well, go ahead, go down your, go take me where you don't want me to go. So, <laughs> when I first started my my service business doing aquariums for people, I didn't have any money. I I left a good paying job. I had a little tiny Nissan Sentra. It was a piece of shit, and I. I drove around to all these high-end doctor's offices and lawyer's offices and these fancy neighborhoods and my little beater shit Nissan Sentra. And I drove that until it almost died. And actually, like I used to load these jugs of salt water into the trunk and I would pull up to someone's house. I'd pull these jugs out, have salt water. The the, the bottom of my car literally was rusting out. Like the jugs almost fell through the trunk. And that's how I started my business from total bootstrap, nothing. But I was treated my people nice. I was came in, I was clean, I was respectful. You know, I took that did great work. And then I was able to buy something better. And I got a little beater truck and then I got a nicer truck and then a nicer truck. And so, you know, here I am today, 25 years later, and I'm I got a pretty nice truck. And I got seven other trucks that are not as nice as my truck, but it's like, that's what it took to get there. So when you talk about the guy coming up in the beater shithole truck, I'm like, that sounds like me 25, 30 years ago. I'm glad you brought that up because that, that is not, I'm not talking about people that are hustling, man. I'm not talking about people that are bootstrapping and doing, I mean, I've seen guys roll up in a hatchback, you know, with the the back window taken out. So their miter saw has a place to sit in there. <laughs> like, I'm, But they're hustling. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not talking about those. I'm not talking about you guys that are hustling. You basically made the point was that once you were able to, you traded up to a nicer vehicle and you kept trading up and trading up, right? Whenever it was convenient, when you had the money, when it made the most sense, right? So you you have to be careful about being judgmental about that guy that's in the beater truck. Here's I, I the get it. I, You're in I your small it. town town of Indiana and you see the same guy and like 10 years later, he's in the same beater truck and he's not coming up and he's got beer cans rolling around in the back seat and, you know, all the papers and McDonald's wrappers, you know, it's the same guy. But I mean, it, it hits me in the heart when you're like, yeah, you can't come up and be like, that's how I came up. Literally. Is it the same guy though? But is it the same guy? I mean, really, is it 10 years later? Is it the same guy? Is it, you know, driving the same truck? Well, you know, I mean, if it's if it's the same mantra, you know, the same dirty guy with a shitty shirt on and, you know, looking for the weekend and his clients are still pissed off, but he makes just enough money to get by. And so, I mean, we'll look at what can we do to change this? This is our goal. 
is to change the image of the construction industry. Like, what can we do? What can we, what kind of actionable steps can we tell people to do? Quit being a jackass. What do we do? Well, first you have to recognize that the image that your business has is important for your for yourself, not even for the industry, for yourself. There's people that believe that 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 it doesn't matter what vehicle you drive. And I'm not saying you, I don't have a new vehicle. My vehicles are all seven, 10 years old. I'm not talking about you got to go out and buy a $70,000 vehicle. I think that's stupid. I think if you're a contractor, unless you're rich and you're making a crap ton of money, if you go out and get a $70,000 vehicle and you can barely pay your uh, bills, that's stupid. Like, and I would never tell anybody to do that. But you don't have to have, you don't have to be driving a truck that's got big old rusted holes in the side of it. I mean, hell, you can buy a, de- a decent vehicle for a few thousand dollars. So you need to have, you need to be aware of your image that you're projecting. And it does matter. It will affect your level of your quality of your customers. Whether you think it does or doesn't, it will affect. There's a reason why financial advisors all drive BMWs and, you know, Lexuses and all these fancy cars. It's because people want to know that who they're getting financial advice from is financially stable. It's the same with construction. If you roll up in a beater pickup truck, I'm going to be questioning whether or not you, you're going to take care of my house because you're not taking care of your truck. You're not taking care of your tools. You got trash in your dashboard. This guy's not organized. How, how can I trust him to be organized on my job and, and doing my work? Like that stuff affects you. And, if, and especially if you're struggling to get work and that's what your image you're projecting, you may want to take a quick look at yourself and figure it out. Because that may be what's actually keeping you from getting work. Dude, I, listen, let me tell you a story one time. And I may have told this before, I don't remember. But I had my truck worked on and they gave me a loaner vehicle. And it was like, you know, the, the mechanic's name on the side of it. And I had to go do an estimate and I pulled up. And the guy came out to the front door and I walked up and he kind of looked at me weird. And he kind of, I mean, he didn't say anything, but I just knew what he was thinking. I was like, oh yeah, my, my truck's in the shop. I had to, I had to, you know, borrow theirs. And I didn't get that job. I'm convinced that the reason I didn't get that job is because I wasn't presenting myself as a professional, even though it was totally out of my control. And I just had to have a loaner vehicle. So I have another twist to the plot here, Brad. So I'd like to think that, you know, I have my shit together. I call people back on time. I try and do my best, all this stuff, right? And so I do end up with high, high-end clients. Clients that have beautiful homes, amazing cars, families, like everything you want on vacations. You know, at the end of the job, they're breaking out at $200 bottle of whiskey to have a glass, you know, a cocktail with you and say, thank you. Like, like really high end stuff. Right. But these same people in the same communities hire people with beater shit trucks because they can save money, you know, and like they can, they, they realize exactly that, that they will hire that, you know, like you'll get some high end person driving amazing vehicles hire that shitty truck because they know that they can get a good deal. And it just depends on the service that they want. Right. But that you're, they're, they're basically stealing from the contractor because that contractor doesn't know his numbers. I, that, well, that's what I'm saying. So that's... But the contractor who doesn't know his numbers is saying, I can't afford to get a nicer truck because I don't make enough money. Well, no shit. 
You got to you got to charge more so you can actually make more profit. That's that's my that's the point I'm getting at here. But like, so I know like, I I I know people like that. I I know people that do that. Dude, the same contractor is like, oh, I got high end clients, bro. Like, bro, I like they they drive all these fancy cars and the, oh, they're in this upper echelon area. Some of these contractors don't even know what echelon means, but you know, it's like they think they're like. I got the best clients because I'm so badass and I'm making money. Exactly. That's my, my that's my point. They're driving crappy trucks. They can't afford anything nice because they're not charging enough. They don't know their numbers. And they have all these high-end clients and they're so busy. They're booked up for the end of the year. They're booked up for six months because they have so much business coming in. Driving their crappy trucks, wearing their t-shirt, their Budweiser t-shirt with and their jeans with holes in them. And they're like, I'm killing it. I'm killing it in my contracting business. Dude, some of my favorite jeans have holes in them. Don't talk shit about jeans with holes. I I got some badass pants with holes in them. So, but I don't want to get on the tangent of like, you got to have a nice truck. Like we already went, spent 20 minutes talking about that. It, it is important. Whether you think it is or not, it, your uniform's important. Your, the way you answer the phone is important. Anymore with social media, and how connected and, and how much social proofing there is. Anymore, it's not it's not good enough that you're good at your job and you just have a you know a basic little truck. Like now you have to have some form of professionalism. You know, you don't have to necessarily have to have like a uniform, but you should. I mean, we wear a uniform, we have polo shirts and khaki pants in construction. Why do I do that? Because we want to be better than everyone else. Is it comfortable to always work in that outfit? No, it's not actually uncomfortable. But it looks professional. And I get, people come across the street when they see us working. And they ask us to do work on their house. So I don't have a problem with competing with everyone else. I blow everyone else out of the water. Because I don't, want to, I don't just do good work. I provide good service. I have a good image. We're professional. We we do everything the way that should be done, and up. To, and we we try to set the standard in our in our community of what a contractor should look like, and that's the point I'm trying to make. Is that it's an intentional effort, and somebody's got some of you guys out here listening are struggling maybe to get work or getting the right clientele base, and and you need to go out and look in your driveway, or you need to look at what you're wearing, you need to look at how you answer the phone, you need to look at how you're if you're calling people back. If you're doing estimates, like all of this stuff factors in. It's no more you just be a good craftsman and that's it. Now you have to be a good craftsman and a businessman and look professional and be provide excellent customer service and be clean and so on and so on and so on. So basically you're just saying if contractors start charging more, that'll fix their image. I'm saying if they charge the right amount, they'll have money to do whatever they need to do. Fix their image, buy new vehicles, buy their team uniforms, hats. I mean, you got cool hats. You wear uh, red shirts on Friday. Like, if you're not charging, uh, like, you've told me about that. You know, you have your veteran, what do you call it? Your Friday? It's, it's Red Shirt Friday. Bring home the troops. Red Shirt Friday. Yeah. And it's to support, support, the, support troops, right? Support yeah. veterans, yeah. military. Yeah, so... I mean, you had to buy red shirts for all your guys. Yeah. 
Right. So like if you don't make enough money, you can't do things like that. Almost everything that you've mentioned here, you know, and just to, to prime the audience, you know, like we come up with topics, we talk about it a little bit, we like have a couple of bullet points, but then, you know, Brad and I argue about certain things and we have different perspectives and point of views, but like everything that you've mentioned to me so far can be corrected if they charge the right amount of money. Are you thinking that through? If they knew their numbers? You, you, have, you have to make enough money for sure to be able to do that. Like that's, that's a given. But you also have to be conscious and you have to make an intentional effort to be able to create, change your image. Yeah. Every time I hit a wall in my business career, like moving up the, the ladder, like if I wasn't charging enough money and I couldn't hire staff to help me with taxes or help answering phones or help with billing or whatever, it would have hindered me in my ability to, to not only perform well at my craft, but to get back to customers on time. So it kind of comes back to, you know, being able to charge enough to be able to scale your business and hire correctly. So listen, I'm going to try and make this story as short as possible, but I think it's really relevant here. You talked about you know, people fronting and everything. And I think that's been part of our podcast today. For over two decades, I've been involved with peers in the, in the pawn industry. I've been t- t- hitting conventions like year after year after year. So anyways, one of the guys that I've been knowing for 20 years in all these conventions, when you see him, you're like, man, this guy's got his shit together. Man, he's doing these big projects. Man, he's really, he must be killing it. And he, he gives that persona. I'm killing it. I'm doing all this stuff. And some of my pawn peers that might listen to this podcast know exactly who I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention any names, but he got cancer a couple of years ago and he passed away just recently. Okay. It was terrible. And when the dust settled, he was such a, he was such a cool person that everyone loved him and everyone was involved. Like what happened? What do we do? What about his wife? How can we help? He had a pawn project like opened up still and needed to be finished. And so everyone in the community was like, well, let's go finish this pawn for him and his wife. This man that we all loved that thought was doing amazing, he was fucking destitute, bro. His wife didn't have anything. No life insurance. Didn't ha- he had to, she had to sell the house to be able to get enough money to get a small place. I mean, no, he had nothing. No money in the bank. He couldn't finish the project. Like, like the community had to go out and like finish the pond for him and bail his wife out of it. I literally could cry right now because he was a good dude. And... Unfortunately, he was fronting the shit for 20 years. Like who wants to live like that? You know what I mean? So what I'm trying to say is like, quit your fronting. If you're out there and you don't, you don't have retirement set up, you're fronting. If you don't have you know, life insurance for your family, you're fronting. And if that, that insurance doesn't cover your expenses and your machines and your, all your you know, the assets that you're trying to buy from the bank, if you can't cover that shit, if something goes wrong with you, then you're fronting, you know, and you're screwing up the whole image for the industry. You're screwing up the image for your family and your friends and your community and your peers. So quit fronting, and get your shit together. I appreciate you sharing that, Eric. I mean, I know the story of what you're, who you're talking about. And that is, that is, I mean, that's, that's tragic. And that's literally why 96% of contractors fail in the first 10 years of their business. Either they don't have, they don't make enough money or they get so burnt out, they just, they don't want to do it anymore. You know what I mean? And the ones that get burnt out usually are because they're not making enough money. 
<laughs> so it all comes back around profit. You got to make healthy profits so you can invest in your company, so you can quit fronting. And again, this is, you know, we're not telling you to go out and get a $70,000 truck to look good. That's stupid. That's front. To me, that's fronting, right? If you can't afford, unless you can afford to go pay cash for it, you're fronting that. So I'm glad you told that story. You know, there's there's the unsung, the, the people that we don't talk about, which are the spouses and the families. You know, that's part of the industry too. The, the negative image of the industry is that the families suffer quietly. And it's it's across the whole industry. Like every city, every trade, you know, it, it affects all of them. Guys, if you're listening to this, and I, I'd say it's almost every day I'm on Facebook groups I'm on a bunch of different contractor groups, you know, trying to help people. And uh, like almost every day I'm commenting, you need to charge more money. You need to charge more money. T- just today I, I posted and I said, just when you think that you're charging enough, you need to charge more. And that's literally the truth. One of my peers in the industry, his father started the business, you know, like 30 something years ago, maybe 35 years ago, they got to a point and they have a great name and all this stuff. They've been, they're, they're amazing business. Actually, I look up to them quite a bit. There was at some point when the son, who's more of my personal friend than the dad, but there was a certain point where they got to the certain level where they seeked some mentorship and coaching. And, and the, they were basically like, you need to double your prices. And the dad was like, we can't do that. Oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. And so they, they, they talked the dad into it. They doubled the prices. They didn't lose any customers. Okay. And then they went six more months and the mentor told him, double your prices again. You didn't lose a single customer. Your, your prices are still too cheap. They doubled their prices again, six months later, and they lost a few customers, but they kept everyone else. And then they that like leveled out and it completely like morphed their company because they they finally hit the threshold of where now they they found the the sweet spot where their their good customers were still helping they were still servicing them the other customers flipped off and they went and got the guy with the beater truck with the shitty car and the saltwater tanks are coming through the guy's trunk you know and then it just leveled out and it just again it morphed their business absolutely man i mean that's the other thing about the guy in the beater car you know, the Eric from 25 years ago, I mean, you, you raised your rates, right? Some of those guys are charging the same thing they charged 10 years ago when they started. And that's why they still drive the beater truck. Well, they never morphed. They never looked for help. They never, they didn't read a book. They didn't listen to podcasts. You know, they didn't, you know, look up to inspirational things, you know, like, you know, if you just, if you run through life with blinders on, you're going to get to the end of the tunnel and your wife's going to be destitute without you. And you're going to have nothing. Okay? So take the blinders off and wake up and think about what you're doing. Raise your prices. Get focused. Put some per- perseverance on and show up on the days that you don't want to show up and get the shit done. Grind it out. So let's leave them with some actionable steps here. I, I think one thing that everyone needs to do is you need to audit your, your image. You need to ask them unbiased friends or neighbors or whoever, people that aren't going to lie to you, and just ask them, what do you think about my business? What do you think about my image? Based on my image, do you, would you say that I'm successful in my business or, 
or you know what what's your thoughts on that? Like you said, you might be they might think you're killing it. They might think you're rich. In reality, you're in debt up to your eyeballs. Or they may think you're poor and broke and you might actually be rich. I don't know, but do have audit your image and talk to some other people and see what they say. It's best to get people that aren't like your family or friends, but try to find someone and just ask them, what do you think about my business? What's it look like to you? What does my image say about what we do and who we are and what we're about? So audit your image. What else do you think they could do, Eric? Well, I mean, I, I do think that's a little rough. That's a tough one, Brad, because, you know, like if you ask your friends, they're going to, it's going to be kind of biased. So it, that, that is a tough one. But if you're very aware, you have some self-awareness, you can kind of you can kind of get that from people, you know. When you're I don't think I, I don't think so. I disagree one hundred percent. Well, I don't I think mean, people are completely aware of their own. Well, I mean, we're biased about ourselves. You think Pond Digger logo on your brand is the, the best thing since sliced bread because you created it. I think my business is the best thing since sliced bread. So we we are biased towards our own image. Okay. Well, how about this? How do we find the Simon Cowell of contracting to audit someone's business? You know what I mean? Because if if you were a singer and you went to, you know, Simon Cowell just tell you you're amazing or you suck. And so like how do you find that? That is it's, it's just what I'm saying it's a little tough. Well, I mean, they should call you, know, you we right? have people. You're the Simon Cowell have, of pond construction of, of construction. I can be the Simon Cowell. I can be the Simon Cow, but no. Listen, we have people in our groups, our paid and free groups, that will get on there and be like, "Hey, I'm I'm thinking about getting a new wrap for my vehicle. What do you guys think?" Yeah, and then people people will comment on it. Well, we have somebody in our group that did that, and I told him straight up, "I'm like, I don't like it. I think it looks like crap." And then he had two or three revisions, and now he's got a kick ass you know wrap on his van that really fits his business and the image that he's trying to create. So he sought out advice. From others and it benefited them. So join our free group and, and go in there and ask, you know, yeah. it, it's not just your your wrap on your vehicle. You know what I mean? It can be like, hey, this is what I'm currently doing. I don't have uniforms. I don't wear, I wear t-shirts, Budweiser t-shirts and jeans. Is that a big deal or not? You get 20, 30, 50 people respond. Hey, no, I don't think that's professional. Yeah, I think that's all right. Like, that's what I mean. Like, kind of crowdsource well, that's, that information. That's good advice, Brad, is coming to a group where, you know, you can get some other p- feedback and you can get some people who don't know you that well. Like, but I kind of got it like, hey, ask your friends and like that. So, I mean, I think being... No, I said group, don't ask your friends. I said yeah. try to try to ask people that aren't biased. Oh, like well, your neighbor. There, there's proof I wasn't listening to you like I normally no, that's don't. normal. Shit. Yeah, that's normal. Listen, so, so the next thing is that you need to audit your job costing. Like, you, like are you making enough money like you need to do that. A lot of people don't want to do that. It's hard. It's a pain in the ass. It sucks, you know, but people, you need to do that. You need to audit in job costs and figure out if you're making enough money. If you and don't then, have anything, go to, we have a, we have a free job costing worksheet you can use. You go to hammerandgrind.com forward slash job costing. You can download it. It's a very simple, very powerful tool you put in your costs. It spits it out, tells you what your percentage is. And so you can use it before and after your jobs to, to figure out where you're at. Yeah. And I mean, just to give you some numbers there, this is actionable stuff. I mean, if you're not making at least a minimum, bare minimum 35%, you might as well just, you know, quit and go work for someone else. If you're making 35% up, then now we can have, we can have a conversation, but. You're talking about gross profit. Gross profit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, if you're making somewhere, you know, 35 to 45, 50%, then, then you're, you have, uh, you know, a business that, that, 
can be sustainable. Anything below that, like you really need to audit and self-evaluate hardcore. Cool. So we got some actionable steps there. Ask some people, join our free Facebook group, ask in there what, or any group that, for that matter, doesn't have to be our group, but you know, join a group and get some opinions. What do you guys think about this? And guys, you got to take it with a grain of salt too. You're going to, if you ask a hundred people, you know, 20 of them are going to tell you it sucks and maybe 60 tell you it's awesome. Like you got to use some little bit of common sense there. Yeah. I mean, Brad tells me I suck all the time. I, I don't always listen to him. I listen to him a lot, but not always. 60% of the time. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about this. Let's audit your time. Like, are you going home and are you partying all weekend with your buddies? Or are you like doing a little bit of work on your business? Are you thinking about, are you doing any reading on stuff? Are you looking at job costing? Are you looking at profit first books and things like that? Are you doing, are you driving to the job site and just screaming lamb of God as you're driving down the street? Sometimes I do that. Or are you, are you binge watching Squid Games on Netflix? Yeah. Or are you like, someone told me about that the other day. They're like, you're not watching Squid Games. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Are you kidding me? Or I mean, or, but I mean, are you listening to audiobooks while you're on the road? Are you listening to podcasts? I'd like to think that our audience, audience that's listening is like in that upper deck people. Absolutely. Well, we gave them plenty of actionable items, probably pissed off a few listeners. Again, if you're if you're hustling, nothing wrong with the hustle, but don't stay there. You know what I mean? Don't stay in that spot. Hustle to the next level. But we gave you plenty of actionable items. Join the free group. Audit your stuff. Be aware. Take a look inward. Check your family. All kinds of great stuff. I think that's. I think we got it there, Eric. So why don't you? Unless you got anything else, why don't you take us out of here? Thank you so much for catching the podcast today. It means a lot to us that you're paying attention. Listen, you know we're trying to change the image. We know we're trying to make contractors better. We're trying to make the world a better place through the podcast and helping contractors create better experiences, not only for their customers, but their family and friends and their own personal lives. So if you're catching value from the podcast, jump on over to iTunes and smash that five-star review. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch us on the next download. We're dropping podcasts every single Monday. You can count on it. See you later.